and welcome to the March OWL meeting. This meeting is all about FBOs and how we as schedulers and dispatchers can help the FBOs help us complete a perfect flight. Listen in and you'll hear all sorts of opinions, tips, tricks, product reviews, and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks. Here we go. So today is March 31st and today's OWL topic is going to be about FBOs. So we have an awesome uh, panelist list here. We've got Kat Wren and we have Jesse Rowden and they're going to answer all the questions we as schedulers and dispatchers have about uh, FBOs and how we can make that relationship even better. Before we start on that, I think though, I just want to um, quick point out some of the LDA team. We have Lori, um, Nancy's here with us as well, and so is Chris. And Chris does all of our social media. So all of these um, invites are coming out from Chris, and which is awesome. He's very good at that. Uh, and then just a reminder, the OWL, we're really just trying to have a monthly meeting so that we can share information because we don't get a chance to do that um, every month. We only really get a chance to do that at the SME conferences and um, although MBAA, I don't want to uh, forget to say they do have that monthly coffee chat in the evenings once a month. I think it's the first Thursday. Megan, actually, can you remind me, is it the first Thursday of every month? So it was. Now it's going to be every other month, um, Thursday, happy hour. So the next one will be in, um, let's see, there was one at the beginning of March, so it'll be... Um, May. May. Okay. Awesome. So just pop on Facebook and find their um, Facebook group, the SD group, and then they have all the details on there. So that is a, that's an awesome one to join as well. Anyway, the point of OWL is to try and share uh, information with each other on a more regular basis because um, once a year just isn't, isn't enough, in my opinion. So uh, we are, we are recording. We don't, share you know a ton of the information but if it is recorded and it's put up on my website people do have the option of uh, seeing it from outside this group um, and then let's see i guess right now i would love to be able to highlight a couple of people that are here or have people introduce themselves would anybody like to introduce themselves and just say where they're from what company they're with I'm Susan McCloskey. I'm with Jackson Family Wines, and I actually got my start in the FBOs at the um, Dallas Love Field Airport. Great, good connection then with Kat. Yeah. Very cool. I'll introduce myself just so I can say hi to everybody. Um, my name is Otto Wright. I am uh, I'm the general manager at the Modesto Jet Center, and people have never even heard of the Modesto Jet Center, formerly known as Skytrek Aviation. I've been here for just over a year and uh, I left aviation and opened a cafe and then there's this thing called a pandemic. I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, cafe got closed and in the process of selling it right now and uh, was asked about a year ago to uh, come help out. It had just been acquired by the owners of Axis Jet. You know them for an awful long time and they asked for some some help uh, getting their FBO back in uh, back in shape and getting it redecorated and hired a bunch of people and got a bunch of new equipment and kind of turned it into a, a new world-class FBO. So 
It's been fun to be back in the aviation business. I miss the cafe, but uh, it's great to be back and see all you kind of guys. So, um, so howdy. There awesome. Thank you, Otto, very much. For Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks. Hey. Nice to be back. Now you just need to put a cafe in the FBO. <laughs> right. We're working on go. that. I got a pretty, yeah, sorry. I have a very nice coffee maker now. It's one of those self-serve ones, but it'll do hot chocolates and lattes and cappuccinos and grind your beans. And it's pretty fancy. I love it's definitely it. Definitely the draw of all Modesto. Very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, Otto, you have a, a lot of history, a lot of background in FPO. You know, yeah. Well, I've done a little bit, a little bit of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So glad you came. Thank you. Uh, who else would like to introduce themselves? I'd like to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Matt Elkins. I'm actually with X1 FBO. We're a FBO software company out of Florida, but I'm, I'm based here in Texas. And I saw, yeah, FBOs and um, figure out how to hop in on one of these one of these meetings, you know, trying to network, trying to just trying to get our name out there. Awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah, because X1. All right, we'll have to all check that out later on. I haven't heard of it before. So, so Cutter is actually um, moving into X1. We're in the process right now. Uh, my customer service folks are on a meeting my customer service manager and, and one of my leads is on a meeting right now we're, we're integrating the new software there so we're really excited it seems like a great platform for billing it puts everything into one space um it's it's more for the fbo side of things um but out of reviewing a lot of different candidates and i did a, i i got the legwork on that one i got volunteered for that so <laughs> Um, a lot of legwork. Uh, it, the product is really good, and I'm really excited for the things that it's going to be able to do for for our company. Awesome. Th thanks for the recommendation, Jessica. Yeah. Um, no problem. Yeah. No, the Jim and the team. Jim, Jim Wiley is our is our owner, and he he's an FBO guy, and he was tired of all the uh, all the oil company softwares out there, and so he created his own, and that's where we're at now, trying to build build a product that FBO people can use and actually help turn more of a profit. Nice, that's awesome. I suppose in turn, it does help us as the operators as well, because I would assume it gives some pretty cool invoicing. That we so, so we are actually working on that to connect FBOs to operators itself to be able to request um, services, pay touchless on the ramp or actually anywhere on the field so if an FBO supplies your fuel wherever you may be on the ramp, you can just go ahead and pay. Um, and then also for dispatchers and such to, to, of course, request schedules directly into the FBO system itself and review invoices. So we're working on connecting operators to FBOs with technology. Actually, sounds awesome because I don't know how many times you all have to do it, but I get quite often, hey, we're doing a quick turn, please call and pay for all that stuff in advance. Um, that'd be pretty cool. Didn't know it existed. We're, we're working on creating it, that's for sure. Excellent. Anyone else? We have a couple of new faces, I think, that might have just joined. Um, Jordan or Brad, not to call you out directly, but if anybody wants to introduce themselves. Yeah, Brad. Brad Elliott's here, B-Rad, as uh, most of you guys know me. Um, FBO world for uh, 20 years. I'm now uh, I'm now the fuel buyer for uh, Air Methods, which is the largest air medical in the world. We have 465 aircraft, uh, most of them being helicopters. But uh, yeah, I'm doing that that now. So, uh, but I still put my FBO hat on and trying to 
do well for all the independent FBOs out there. So uh, trying to send business that way. God bless you, Brad. Yeah, Brad. Love it. <laughs> we appreciate it. Very <laughs> I'm glad you landed on your feet, Brad. There we go. All right. Uh, pleasure to meet everybody here. Um, Jordan Scales, um, and I am. Uh, I'm new to the uh, to the FBO uh, realm. Actually, I'll be uh, be hopping on board with uh, JetX, J E T E X, uh, next week. Um, traditionally, have been more uh, aircraft sales. Um, was an aircraft broker. For for the past two years, uh, spent um, a good handful of years prior to that uh, with Textron um, and Bell Helicopter in, uh, in sales and marketing capacities. Um, and so now I am getting involved uh, in the FBO world. So supporting JetX and their US uh, clients uh, for all services, be that fuel, um, uh, logistics, ground handling, um, supplemental lift, whatever case may be so i look forward to uh to kind of joining this network and uh and becoming a lot closer with everybody here awesome well, thank you jordan for coming and my pleasure thank you let's see i see juliana if i'm saying your name correctly and craig thank you for coming um, oh there we go we got a face too i think you're on mute Julie. Hi guys. <laughs> no, well, um, my name is Juliana and I've been uh, part of Business Jet Center at KDAL for about two and a half years. And honestly, it's been a great, great experience overall. First job coming in as customer service uh, in 2018 and now um, been promoted to Brad Ambassador representing the company. Um, and it's just been awesome. And um, Kat, Kat is my uh, my go-to person so um it's just it's just been great and so i am very excited to to see what this has to offer and learn a lot more from this network wonderful you're welcome thank you well we have a really nice big group today so that's very cool so i'm going to just go through into the next section which is usually a did you know section and this is where we just kind of share some of the maybe latest and greatest things that we might have heard um, this section for me today is kind of small um, Lots of the pandemic things are kind of quieting down most of most locations. Um, I wanted to note though, S&D applications for the committee are due very soon. So if anybody's interested in applying for that, it's on the MBAA website. I'm sure you can find it at SMB and Facebook page as well. So that is due soon. And it's um, a really great opportunity. If anybody's interested, they can do some good help um, and the only other thing really I had was I just saw that Mexico is requiring certain routes in between different city pairs. Uh, just going to throw that out there. We have one uh, flight that just went to Mexico and we got to use it. Um, anyway, not sure if anybody's going to Mexico, but don't forget those if you do. Anybody else have anything that might be on their radar that they just saw come out? Lindsay, curious yeah. if anyone else is having issues with rental cars like we are lately. How's that going for everyone? I've heard don't go to Hawaii right now because you won't get a car. Florida's the same. Florida's the same, yeah. 
Yep. Pilots yeah. in Florida Montana. rent U-Haul trucks. <laughs> Montana's the same. Yeah, yeah Scottsdale was. Yeah. Everybody's having the same issue right now. I think so. Has anybody had any issues with Uber or Lyft? Huh. It was uh, really bad here last week. And I moved from Seattle down to Scottsdale. This is Scott with Paragon. Um, we had, you know, spring training down here along with uh, the Barrett Jackson uh, car auction. Um, and it was nuts with, uh, of course, zero rental cars available and Uber and Lyft were, you know, very delayed and, and three or four times the, the normal rate. So, um, but I think that that's teamed down here a little bit. Yeah, that's, that is, sounds like it's an industry-wide issue all over. And I don't know if that's going to get better as we get past like spring break time, <laughs> or maybe not because they just don't have the capacity to staff them cars. So book early. Well, the article that I read said specifically for Hawaii, like they shipped them all to the mainland because they were, they could use them more on the mainland. And then they, they didn't predict how quickly tourism would just boom in Hawaii. And so specifically there, they just don't have the cars to meet the demand because they're all on the mainland. So that could be a case everywhere that they just shifted their assets to different locations. Yep, totally makes sense. And I will interject there and also say that with the significant drop in 2020, we were aware that they were actually just selling them off. They were trying to get rid of as much inventory as possible. And now everything's come back quickly and they have not purchased to replace what they sold. Mm -hmm. Um, Megan, I, I think I stepped on you a little bit, um, but you had an encouragement, I think. Yeah, I was just going to say this morning, um, we heard too that Bermuda is talking about getting rid of their quarantine for people that are fully vaccinated, which is an exciting thing for our operation. So you'll still need to do, prove a negative COVID test, um, which obviously has to be PCR, not an antigen, because you'll have antibodies if you're fully vaccinated. Um, but some of the quarantine rules are starting to go away in some countries that um, we've been researching recently if you're if you got fully vaccinated crew impacts nice which is exciting yeah very cool all right well then i think i will let's move on to our panel discussion which we all are here and we're super excited to um, talk about today like i said before we have kat wren she is the chief experience officer at business jet center like she said which i think the title is really fun that's a great and we have uh, Jesse Rowden, and she's the general manager at Cutter Aviation. And Jesse was with us on our last call. And towards the end of the call, she, she just kind of threw out some information about the FBO. And that's kind of what started this whole phone call and decision to make the topic about FBOs. Um, because at least in my mind, I think I forgot maybe to include that whole section. And they're a huge piece of our relationship and a huge piece of how our trips go. Um, so, because if you give them the, uh, if you communicate what we need, they can help us on the ground when our airplane gets there. So um, we're gonna touch on a couple of different topics. 
But I think let's, we're starting with the fact that the FPO wants to do the best for us. They want us as the operators to have the best experience possible. Um, we'll start with that one, but then go ahead and interject questions along the way. Let's make this kind of like a conversation and a question and answer section. We're gonna talk about transportation. We're gonna talk about catering. Um, we're gonna also talk about managing the assets, how difficult that is on an FPO side. and. Um, Perhaps we need to think about that when we're requesting uh, multiple items. Um, Talking about a couple of hidden uh, tips. And yeah, I think, I think that'll be plenty for our conversation going forward. So if we want to just start off on the topic of the fact that uh, Jesse and Otto and Kat, and Scott, everybody wants our airplanes to have the best experience possible when they land. And how do we help them do that? So I think I think even the conversation earlier regarding transportation uh, and finding rental cars what is kind of a great segue into this. Um, you are correct. We want to help. And sometimes we have information that you may not, again, that they sold off all of their, their inventory. And so now we're running into trouble. Or, you know, Kat and I may know that we have a set price with, X rental car company, but your passenger is a Hertz Gold person and Hertz is going to charge three to four times the rates of what we've got with our set company. And we can easily set you into something that's going to make your customer significantly happier, particularly when they get that credit card bill. Um, you're making sure that we have those open lines of communication and that everyone knows that we are here to help. That is what we want to do. That's why we're in the business, I mean, we're in the business because we get to play with airplanes every day, but, but we're in the business for customer service and you're our customer. And to go along with that, um, Jesse, I also feel like we run into uh, here at Business Jet times where the scheduler uh, or the pilot will reserve straight with the uh, company, whether it's Hertz, National, whomever. Um, Pre-arranged, we have no heads up from the scheduler or the company, um, and then Hertz just shows up with two pre-arranged cars. We have a name, and that's it. Um, if we have no other communication of who's coming in or what tell number and what those names are associated with, we have no idea when we need to have that. You know, who is on board when we need to have that air, or that car pulled up um, in a timely manner, and whether it's a passenger or a crew car. You yeah. know, some passengers are very adamant that they want that customer car up first. And then you make sure that my, my customers, our passengers are clear of the aircraft before you pull up my crew car. Yes. And, and there's nothing more fun than dealing with an upset crew member or passenger that doesn't have the car. And then we're scrambling because for us, we have a limited amount of space where we can put those vehicles. So if it's a day that we have an, you have several arrivals, um, we don't know where those cars go. We may not have them even on the ramp mm -hmm. because we don't know what's going on. Exactly. I think that's a really good point for best practices on the schedule of dispatcher side. I see Susan do this, not that I'm calling you out soon, but she's always putting in the confirmation number and who it's for and if it's crew or passenger. Um, when she sends out those flight bridge notifications. Uh, does anybody else have a process that they're doing to make sure the FPO knows which one is the passenger, which one is the 
through or even just letting them know that a car has been reserved. Um, the Flex software actually will generate if an FBO has their email address and everything within AccuQuick or Universal, it'll actually generate a predefined document out to them and it'll include passengers and crew if they like or just the flight announcement. Um, also, um, when there's changes to the schedule, it'll highlight it in red as well to where it stands out to them. So that's a big reason I joined today is to kind of hear what FBOs truly need as to ensuring that the software meets the need. And can I ask again what software you said that was, Casey? It's Flex. Uh, they originated in Europe and uh, they just now started here in the US market. Uh, we launched it first with Clay Lacey. And now we have about close to 20 US customers coming on board operators from sizing from five aircraft to as high as um, we have one that currently has about a hundred that's coming on. I will say that that's not, that's not a software that I'm familiar with. I don't, mm -hmm. I can't say that we're getting those notifications. Probably um, not. Mm -hmm. Lightbridge for us is at my location is absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic because we have access and, and the dispatching team has the access. So you can put in the reservation and, and let us know what's going on. And I think that that's something that I would really like to stress. If you think you have a trip coming in, even if the plans aren't completely finalized, letting us know as quickly as possible um, so that we can start our planning and know, at least have an idea that that aircraft is coming and then we can add those details later. And awesome. contacting us so that we can let you know, hey, and I said this in our call yesterday, you're coming in the first two weeks of October, it looks like that's balloon fiesta weekend. If you have not made rental car reservations or hotel reservations right now in April, we really wanna get on that. And even if you cancel them later, that's okay but we want to get them now so that we can have them for you. And we don't run into that. There's no car in Albuquerque. What am I going to do? My passenger requested a specific SUV and there's nothing available in the entire state. Yeah. I was just going to add, this is Scott with Paragon to, to Jessica's point, uh, pre-planning as much as possible, letting you know, um, you know, it speaks to staffing, um, you know, fuel inventory, whether to plan for extra loads. Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm hearing of fuel uh, shortages in certain, um, you know, certain locations, uh, you know, peak, peak type locations this time of year um, where there's delays on fueling. So, you know, as, as much advanced notice as possible, I think really goes a long way for the FBOs to, you know, again, plan for staffing fuel um, you know, bringing in extra people early, staying late, so on and so forth, catering all of that. And we can always look back to the year before as to what that looked like, but we just went through a darn pandemic. So who knows, you know, if those numbers will be skewed, you know, this next year. Um, but great point, Scott, when it comes to fuel loads, staffing, I think that's where we get ran thin uh, mm -hmm. in times where we see, you know, a ton of those pop-ups that, they, they, all we all we needed was a was a quick phone call. Yeah, expecting twenty, it ends up being sixty arrivals. You know, for it's yeah. a and, big day. And your quick turns, you, it, even if it's a fuel stop or 
you know, as, as you're heading, we're, Albuquerque tends to be a good fuel stop where we have lots and lots of quick turns. The better we can plan for that quick turn, because what I know is that I have four F-18s that just arrived and I've got to get them fueled. So my trucks are there and then suddenly an aircraft is landing and they're expecting that service and we want to give them that service. But my trucks are now already on an aircraft where had I known that they were coming in, I would have reserved one of those trucks to take care of that 10 minute fueling that we needed to do and then take them over to the F-18s. Um, it, it really helps us plan when we know what's going on. So if we, if, Go ahead, Chris. If, if our organization doesn't use any of those programs, what is your all's recommendation to get that information? Just call? Just call. Is that? We okay. love talking to you. <laughs> um, yeah, we do. We love talking to you. I love being able to put a, a voice to it and, and seeing your phone number pop up. I use Luella with Kroger as an example because I just love her. Um, but Luella and I created a relationship 20 years ago to age myself uh, when I was a customer service agent and we still have that relationship. She still calls me and I, I love to talk to her. So yeah, just give us a call. Okay. I was going to note one thing. I listened to the Teterboro users group, uh, I think a week or so ago, and they were also talking about the fact that, I don't know if you remember, but the ATC system got like really bogged down because there were so many um, airplanes similar to like the Florida that was happening a couple of uh, weeks ago. But they said, um, ATC is reaching out to the FBOs and asking them how many reservations are coming in. And so um, the pilots were like, well, hey, should we file early? Do you want us to file you know, multiple ones? And they said, really, what we want you to do is to call the FBO and tell them that you're coming because that's where they're really getting staffing because 24 hours in advance is not enough time for ATC to react staffing wise. And I assume that's similar to Pat, Jessica, Scott, all you guys. 24 hours in advance is not fast enough to be able to move your assets around. Well, we're pretty good at it. Yeah. I, I will say, yes, we, we, and I'm sure Kat's the same. She's, she's very busy every day. I know, um, you know, we're, we're really good at the bob and weave. We are. Um, but there are those times that I just, I can't and trying to make sure that that experience is great. That's really what our goal is. We want it to be fantastic for your crew and fantastic for your passengers. And when we don't know, it, it just makes it that much more challenging. I wanna highlight real quick, and I, I don't mean to interject, but Brad in the comments mentioned that he has an email template that he's happy to share that he created in the FBO days. And that's what he would help send back and forth. So I, I love that. Awesome. Thank you. Never, you don't have to create, recreate the wheel. I tried sharing, but it's not allowing me to uh, upload in the chat. So feel free to email me. <laughs> and we also, and Kat does as well. We talked about this yesterday and I'm assuming that a lot of the FBOs out there on our website, there's a quick form link that you can go to and just put in those details as well. And it immediately sends it to my fax machine, my customer service people, an email to myself, an email to my guest services manager. So we all know what's what's going to be happening when that comes in, if it, if it doesn't come through those other methods. 
Yeah, and this emails back to the uh, the dispatchers and schedulers so that way they have that warm, comfy feeling that it was received and taken care of. Nice. Absolutely. And one follow-up question. What's your thoughts on getting information from FlightAware? Because um, we just became global members so we could get the FlightAware TV app, and I guess it has the ability that to email you guys the information, which I'm hesitant to do because I don't really know how much workload that puts on everybody. So is that helpful if we started doing that? We actually are copied on that. So um, we receive those emails um, from dispatch schedulers, pilots who are filing that flight plan and my customer service reps, my CSR manager, myself, um, and two more managers are copied on that. And it comes in just as an email would uh, and what we do is just manually input in TotalFBO that information with all of the details, uh, cars, catering, hotels, uh, all, all those details. And so that, that's a perfect way to send it as well. Okay. And I would say we actually utilize uh, TrackPack for our, our flight tracking program and TrackPack and FlightBridge are joined, conjoined. So TrackPack tells me exactly what's in FlightBridge. FlightBridge tells me what's in TrackPack. They turn certain little colors and, and it's been fantastic. We made that move over probably about two years ago. Well, I lose time. It might've been four years ago, who knows? But I really enjoy the TrackPack program. Yeah, we use that for our network as well. It's a great program. And a bonus for any FBOs out there, if you uh, go to FlightAware, they have the ADSB antenna. Mm -hmm. uh, they give it to you for free, and then it gives you a enterprise access to FlightAware. And also, you can pull ADSB numbers, so you can, can see some block tail numbers through that as well. That's that good. is interesting to know. Also, on the operator's so side, so know that oh. that can happen. Kat, we didn't even talk about block tail numbers yesterday. And I think that that is also something, um, you know, if you can give us the information, if you have a block tail number, that it's going to show up as, you know, whatever you filed as one, two, three, we've got AirCat. Um, we've, we've been dealing with General Atomics quite a bit and love it. It comes in as AirCat 5-1 or something like that. We now have that memorized. But that first week trying to get, okay, wait a minute, who's AirCat? Are they coming here? What do we need to have for them? Um, which tail number, which cars do I need to have ready for them as we're tracking those aircraft? That's, that's really good information for us. Or maybe even where you're coming from. So we, we know, you know what part of the, the region to look for. Um, but to Brad's point, we also utilize ADSB and it has been very helpful, very helpful. So we wanted to highlight, you know, as we said in the first, that, that this is a team effort. Um, it's, it's definitely something that we want to make sure that we're working together on. Examples and stories that I would have, um, you know, I, we have these high profile clientele coming in. And sometimes the, the thought process is, you know, I have a high profile client. I don't want to make that public knowledge. Your FBO is your teammate in that. We're not going to blast to the world that you have person XYZ on the aircraft. It actually helps us know that we need to take that aircraft and maybe put it in a certain location where 
the media is not going to have access to your passenger or your passenger has additional security. I've, I've had people walk in and they're like, oh, um, I need to go to that airplane. They don't have a tail number. They might possibly have the name of said high profile client. I didn't know the security's coming. I'm not letting that guy out the door. I don't know that that guy isn't an enemy of your clients and you know, has bad intentions. So when you're telling us, you know, who's coming and what's going on and what vehicles that we have, we're that extra layer of protection and security for your team. Absolutely. Great point. Yep. So the more information possible. Yep. Great, Kat, did point. you want to, did you want to talk about the fuel pricing thing that we talked, we spoke about yesterday? Yes, that'd be great. So I will say that I did spend um, close to a year in the scheduling over with our sister company. So I get it. We at the time had, I think, 14 aircraft on the cert. There were four girls handling all of them. You know, they were divvied up between all of us and things happen and they happen quick. We understand there are mechanicals. You're working on trying to get a recovery trip. There's something that changed on another trip and you forgot to call the FBO. I want you guys to understand that, that we get it um, 100%. Um, but when it comes to picking an FBO, I think Jesse on the last call mentioned that there was a gal that was on the phone that said something to the effect of, I just don't think the FBO cares. I don't know about you, but if I were to hear that from any of our customers, it would crush me inside as, as hard as we work to make things work for y'all. Um, and so I know on your end, you're trying to save money for your end user. You're trying to save money for your flight department. And you know you, you shop by fuel price. And sometimes that can come back and bite you in the butt. Um, I don't wanna say you know, that the FBO that this gal felt like didn't care. They may have been paying bottom dollar for fuel, no telling what they were paying in fees, but I think that that can be associated um, so I am curious from some of you guys, what do you look for in an FBO other than that end fuel price? How, how do you research? How do you reach out, get to know, uh, and, and, and pick an FBO? Really great question. So schedulers, dispatchers, how do you guys do it? I usually do go off the fuel and if we have any special things with them, but if I get any negative feedback, like the quick turn was um, too slow or the facility wasn't nice to use the restrooms or anything like that, um, usually we'll go look at a, a different FBO and try it out. Um, that's what we've done in the past. So we usually, that's kind of how we, we work it. it I, I get the, um, feedback from the pilots. And I'm curious if you then take the extra step to reach out to a few of the FBOs to get to know them and then say, look, this is our mission. This is how frequent we're in. Can we chat about fees? Uh, you know, we have X amount of aircraft. This is how many gallons that we, you know, estimate whether it's monthly uh, or for the year. Uh, and then try to create a relationship or a specific fuel price with that FBO? Me personally, I've gone and 
flown out with the airplane um, twice um, to go and do some uh, negotiations with the FBO that I knew that we were going to go um, to quite often. And I've even driven one time like four hours to an airport that we were having issues with and um, to talk with the FBO to see what could be done because we go there, you know, it's only a few times a year, but it's every time. And, you know, actually it didn't work out. So I went to the other FBO, talked to them, and we moved all our airplanes over there for the week. And then we've now just been going over to them. So sometimes, mostly it's phone, but other times not out there. It's awesome that you have that yeah. ability to yeah. make that happen. Yeah. Kind of do some recon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I think um, that that um, brings a really good point. Your FBO does have <laughs> some power to make sure that you are getting the best price. You know, it the convenience of the contract fuel providers right now. It's it's huge. We get it. I totally understand. But if it's somewhere that you're frequenting often. Um, and, and Brad and I just had this conversation not too long ago, you know, his aircraft come in a lot. We are, we are a medical hopping place around here. So we were able to get together and he said, look, Jess, this is my price. This is what they're giving me. So what can you do for me? Because I know what I'm charging that, that contract provider, that contract provider is then putting their profit margin on top of that. You know, I know what I need to make in order to, to pay my folks and make sure that they stay happy and keep the facility clean and running. And, but I can have some wiggle room. We just have to have that conversation. I have no idea what World Fuel charges you because what they charge you is going to be different than what they charge Joe is going to be different than what they charge Jill because everyone has a different flight department. Um, so, you know, th those conversations are important. Yep. Anybody else? Anybody else think, like, how are you guys researching your FBOs? Megan or either Megan, Carolyn, Craig. Or my name. <laughs> yeah. How are you um, choosing them? Honestly, we frequent the same places over and over again. So um, I won't lie, we probably don't do as much research as some operators. Uh, we tend to go to the places we know and the people we have the relationships with. Um, and if those relationships, for whatever reason, are letting us down, there was one location recently, we did actually consider changing FBOs. And it was because um, after multiple times of reaching out, we were having poor customer service. And um, eventually we stuck with them because they finally got in touch with us. It went quite a few steps up though to corporate to be able to get to the point where we had confidence in them and offered to give them one last shot basically. Um, and they've come through for us the last couple of times we've been there. So we've stuck with it. But um, for us, it's a people thing. If we've got good relationship with you and we're able to um, make that work and you're good to our crews, you're good to deal with on an invoice accounting situation, you've earned our business that way. That's something that Jessica and Kat had mentioned in our pre-call as well that, um, and you guys can talk about this, but the feedback to them is really important. They want to hear if something didn't go right or if something did go right. We, we want to know it all, the good, the bad, and 
Jesse and I were talking yesterday, I think, and there is a reason our cell phone is plastered on our websites, on, you know, our preferred dealers websites. We want you to get in touch with us uh, and we don't want it to be, this is the third time this has happened. I want to know when you have a problem and, and right away so I can get it fixed, especially if it's my team messing up. And something so silly, but, uh, one of, I keep going back to Kroger, but Kroger is, is also in quite regularly. And my Kroger guys came up the other day and they were like, Jess, did you know that the, the handles, the, the lounge chairs don't lounge anymore because the handles are broken. And I said, I had absolutely no idea because the way those chairs are set up, anytime I walk in there to check on them, you know, they're all folded in and nice and everything's good. I had no idea they were broken. And Andrew said, Oh yeah, they've been broken for like six months. No one said a word. I had no idea. I would have fixed those immediately. We fixed them yesterday. As soon as he told me, you know, we, we want that to, we don't want those things to happen. It's probably a good, an employee didn't tell you about that. That means that they would we talked about catering a little bit on our, on our kind of pre phone call. Um, when you have catering again, letting us know what those are and maybe who they're coming from. Absolutely understand that you're either you can use us and we know exactly what's going on, but there are those flight departments that schedule their own when it comes in and it has a flight number on it. I have no idea where it's going. And a lot of times it's been scheduled for the cruise and the crews don't know they're there. I can't tell you how many free sandwiches we've gotten because the crew didn't request the catering that we didn't know where it went anyway. So it's just sitting in the refrigerator and they leave without their food. So letting, let, making sure that we are aware or it, it definitely has a tail number associated to that catering so that we can ensure it gets on the aircraft is absolutely crucial. So do FBOs in general have somebody kind of manning that email address all the time? So as, if we want to just pop out an email really quick, hey, just let you know catering is supposed to be showing up at four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Our email is up and on all the time and it dings to them and they go back and check it and make sure what's going, you know, what's going on. We've, we've implemented a program called text page. Um, it, it actually is one of my base customers that, that, started this program and with our regular clients, they just text us. It's, it's that easy. Um, shoot us a text. They let us know what's going on. If we have a concern with them, we shoot them a text. We utilize that actually when we have, um, we have someone's cell phone number saying, Hey, your flight was supposed to be here at noon. We haven't seen you yet. We want to make sure everything's okay. Is there anything that we can do? So we utilize the, the text page quite a bit as well. Very interesting. I've heard of it. I've never used it. Has anybody used it? Uh, operator side? Has anybody used the text? I haven't either. I wonder if it's pilots do it more often. But it's, I love texting. My yeah. email has so many things in it already. I'd rather. Exactly. No. Question for you, Jesse. Is that program you're talking about? Is it something that um, multiple people can see it. So therefore, like at the FBO, if the same person isn't working all the time. And it's a text yeah. So, out. so I can be logged in. My customer service manager can be logged. We're, we're all logged in and it, again, it deems. So anytime there's an additional message that comes up, if my 
um, guest services, ladies are not available, one of us is going to see that. Oh, that's fantastic. Because I think that's sometimes what gets lost in operations with text, right? Like we all love a text because it's quick and easy. But if the person on the receiving end, for whatever reason, isn't close to their phone or is flying or whatever, it gets just lost in translation and they get it sometimes too late. Now, Jess, do you happen to know if that works with iMessage? It does, I believe. Okay, because that, that'd be we great. We haven't had any complaints regarding that. And I actually, I have an iPhone and, you know, that's the girls communicate with me like that very regularly. So, and I, I'm able to go back to them. So. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great for a cruise in the air. If they have internet connect connectivity, they don't necessarily have cell service to, to send a traditional text, but if they, if it through iMessage, uh, yeah, be able to talk to directly to the FBOs while in the air. Yeah, Matt, I don't, I'm not sure what, which one Jesse is using, but we use uh, one with Ring Central and it does work with iMessage. So when the crews are coming across the country, they can just text without, um, as long as they just have access to the iMessage. Yeah, so ours is working. I would, I would guess that Jesse's would do the same. So okay, perfect. Business text. So. That's a great tip too. Love the text piece of it. Um, let's see. So I wanted to just touch really quick. We talked about assets, but I, I wanted some, maybe us as operators to understand the assets and how you allocate them. You guys uh, mentioned a little bit, you may have one or two people uh, on staff. And when we come in last minute and ask for a large request, which uh, could be, hey, can you bring me all the way to a certain hotel? While you would like to do that, but and accommodate us, if we don't give you all heads up in advance, um, you can't staff or manage your assets well in order to accommodate that. So I know you guys gave an example of one time, you know, if you show up and your pilot wants to go to get dropped off at the uh, hotel, but then wants to stop perhaps and get something to eat. Now you've taken one of your assets to drive that pilot to their hotel and to pick up something to eat. And that person is just gone for like an hour. Now that person is not available to answer our phone calls and our emails. Um, and if you don't know how to stop that, or if you don't know that's coming. Yeah, those are things Those are things that you can't plan for. Kat had a great example with, she's at Love Field. And if they have a request to go to DFW, that's taking someone out for hours. Over 45 minutes, possibly one way, just to get maybe the crew to DFW um, to their flight. And I think sometimes going back to how much we wanna help, we sometimes shoot ourselves in the foot because let's say that they came in late one evening um, and they were trying to catch the last flight out of VFW and we weren't, you know, we didn't have a ton of aircraft going on within that hour. So we went ahead and said, you know what, we'll take you this time. Next time they come in, it is Thursday, 1 p.m. We've got 27 aircraft on the ramp and they say, hey, you guys did this last time. We need to ride to VFW. And then trying to explain to them why this time we are not able to do that. Um, and taking an asset away for possibly an hour and a half is, is tough. It's tough on us and in our operation outside. Yeah. And I know that's not usually the schedulers that falls back usually on the pilot who <laughs> wants things, you know, now. Yeah. 
and, and, you know, we don't want to share negative experiences, but I did have a very negative experience uh, two weekends ago with exactly that. You know, we have a certain radius that we're able to accommodate requests. You know, we, we don't go to an hour away because of my assets and we have that in place. It's a company policy that within three miles, we're, we can get you there. We can do what we need to do, but beyond three miles, you know, can we get you a rental car? Can we help get it, arrange an Uber? No, I don't have an Uber account that I can arrange that on because I can't guarantee that I'm going to get paid back for that. Um, you, would you like a taxi? How, how can we help you? We're not able to do this, but we can do that. Let me offer you what the solutions were. And this crew member absolutely was not happy having it. You know, he wasn't having it to the point that he, he actually cursed at one of my ladies. Um, and, and the commentary was, well, you, but XYZ FBO does anything I ask them to do. We're not asking you to take us with you on your flight to Hawaii um, because that breaks your rules. You, that's, that's not something that you're able to do. So having understanding that we do have limitations on what we can accommodate and managing those expectations is, is very appreciated. I bet feedback like that back to us, it would be welcome as well. Yeah. If, if that happens, I would like to know that about my crew. Well, I would definitely like to know if one of my pilots was behaving badly. You know, that's definitely like a reflection of our company and that it's unacceptable. I know in my flight department, we got rid of all the pilots that did that. Um, so any kind of like feedback would even be helpful to me. Um, even like when I'm calling or emailing in or something to let me know in advance, because I always try to be like, oh, can you run my passengers over to the main terminal? And if the person says, no, we can't, or we can't guarantee it, then we usually get them a sedan and driver or something like that. So any like honest feedback of, I'd rather know that you probably can't, then you probably can. So I just can have a backup. That's great. And that's, that's really great feedback, you know, to make sure that we're not over promising and under delivering. Absolutely. Well, we are getting close to the end. Um, one last thing, any hidden tips or like special things that would be good for us to know when we're calling um, that you'd like I, to throw out? I heard the comment earlier, you know, regarding the bad FBOs and, and Pat made the, the comments, you know, if, if you are calling that person and you just don't feel like they care. She said, as her cell phone numbers plastered everywhere, as is mine, I'm 24 seven. If you have that bad experience, let same thing let someone know immediately because i may be bumping along and thinking that my guest services folks are doing great and my line staff is doing great and yet there's this guy over here that was a little snippy when they dealt with your person and there's this customer service person over here that seemed like they were more interested in whatever was going on on the, the side versus actually taking care of the customer that's not acceptable to me that's not how we operate. But if I don't know because I'm actually working on the ramp or I'm here with you guys, um, I can't fix it. I can't make it better. Exactly. 
And I don't think there are many hidden tips. I just think a heads up um, with even the, the bare minimum of details uh, for services. And we do our absolute best to, to make sure that your experience is the best. Well, any last questions from the group? I actually have one more question. It's back to fuel. With I use Fueler Links for fuel, and how does it come to you guys? Does it come um, through like email or fax? Because what I have noticed that if I do the fuel, send it off like two or three days in advance, the FBO the day tells the pilots that they don't have a fuel release. Um, so I've gotten into the habit of doing it the day before, but unfortunately with that habit, I've also, that's when I now tell the FBOs that we're coming is the day before because I do my fuel and the notifications at the same time, whereas it's doing it before. So I'm just wondering how it comes in and um, yeah, just mainly how it comes in. Ours comes in via email. So we would, we would receive an email with um, your, whether it's a fuel release or stating how you're being paid or how you plan to pay. And as, what, what about you, Jesse? As much as we love email, so it comes to email for us as well. As much as we love email, all of us are having to crack down on security because the hackers are out there. And so sometimes that poses a challenge for your FBO no matter how many times in our spam filter, I release fueler links and I tell it that it's okay. And I tell it that world fuel is okay. And I tell it that Everest is okay. They hire a new person and it's not Lindsay anymore. It's now Susan. I don't get Susan's email because it got stuck in the spam filter. And that spam filter has a delay on it. The one that, that my IT guy is nuts a little bit, but it has, it has a delay on it. So I may go check the spam filter or, and we check it multiple times a day. I'm checking it multiple times a day, but even though the email came in at 8 AM, it's not going to release it even into the spam filter for three or four hours. And it's ridiculously frustrating for everyone, but for that security, I, you know, I don't know what else I don't know what else to do. That's a great question, Susan, because that does happen. So maybe that's something we have to kind of take offline, maybe even to fuel links or the fuel companies. Because how do we get around that? You, I have to, you have to get a confirmation email, and that's kind of what I've sent out the uh, the templates. That as a dispatcher, you should be getting a confirmation from the FBO that whatever communication you have told them that you should get that back in writing. So that way, before you show up. You have everything that was laid out, said, hey, I need a rental car, limo, hotel. You should have all those things in writing back in the email. And, and that's the, the ultimate way. If you don't have that, you should pick up the phone and call the FBO and be like, hey, fuel release, I have not received confirmation. Uh, have you, did you receive my um, notification of arrival? Um, as an FBO, you should be always uh, pushing those back, um, that, that communication. That's what really stood out on when I opened up the Desert Jet Center. Um, really stood out and I got great feedback from um, folks in the field, the dispatchers and those, uh, those folks that A, the rates were spelled out and everything like that. So I think that's the, that's the key piece is that sending email, yeah, it gets locked up in, uh, in security and those kind of things. If you didn't receive anything back, it means something, there's a problem, not all as well. So I think that's the ultimate piece. Yeah, 
And I think that's standard for any decent FBO. You should receive a response. Great. If you Absolutely. ask for a confirmation number, you better get it. And if you don't, you let me know so I can get on my Great. girls. <laughs> and, it, and it had also better say, please let me know if there is anything else I can do to help you. Right. The other thing I'll say about those feeler links requests is there is settings sometimes in your accounts. And if you don't have it set to show your email address, the FBOs may be replying, but they're not replying to you. They're replying to a no reply at feelerlinks.com. So that's another setting you might want to double check because if you're not getting those confirmations, that could be a possibility. Yeah, I'm just getting the confirmations from the fuel company itself, but not from the FBO. Yeah, from Fueler Links, it should say, like, please confirm by sending an email to blah, blah, blah. But there are some companies that I have seen that don't have email addresses. And so unless you go do your diligence and find the email address and notice, they'll reply. They're just not replying to you, which is not helpful. But yeah. <laughs> where's Jessica? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I could just say a couple more things regarding tips just very quickly. I think one thing that to note is that the FBOs during COVID, many of them have reduce their headcount pretty significantly through the slump. I mean, there are some FBOs right now that are operating at 20%. Um, so their staff is reflecting that. And as the business comes back, you know, they're, they're trying to manage that. So going back to giving as much notice as possible, I think is huge for the FBOs. Um, the other thing is it's like a high stress time for a lot of people and grace, I think can go a long way right now, <laughs> dealing with your crews, dealing with everybody, just understanding like everybody's doing their best, or at least they should be, um, right now. Um, and the other thing I would also recommend is as it pertains to pricing, um, we do a lot of price quotes. Uh, through the Paragon network. And we are working with a lot of different FBOs and a lot of um, different flight departments. And one of the things we notice is that there are a lot of FBOs out there that are just giving a direct fuel price. And, but they're not including any of the other services out there. And so you as a flight department should be very aware that a fuel price is just a fuel price. In addition to that fuel price is handling facility fees, parking fees, hangar fees, lab service, GPU, car rental fees, any other services that go along with that, that some FBOs are separating out and making them all a cart and other FBOs are kind of bulk, you know, combining that into more of a fuel price. And so if you're getting quotes and you may see a fuel price that's 50 cents higher a gallon and I wouldn't write those FBOs off, particularly if they're great FBOs with, you know, nice facilities and they're doing the work to make sure that they are keeping you as safe as humanly possible and your assets um, and ensuring great service because some, sometimes you're not comparing apples to apples. So you're That's saying a great point, Megan. Um, I wanted to jump in and share real quick that um, if you guys haven't heard the MR Insider app, uh, we're going to allow owners and operators to ping out to FBOs for quoting. So you'll be, as an FBO, you'll be able to see what type of aircraft it is. 
when they're coming in, the service they need. It'll be a click box where they can check the boxes, what they need, they can put in whether what fuel program they have. That way you can have all the information there through the app and then send them a customized quote. It'll let more of the market drive the prices instead of uh, you know just publishing your fuel quote. That way that you can you can message with the uh, the flight department back and forth, cut down on the emails, cut down on the phone calls, and will allow you to specifically say, hey, uh, this isn't this is an all-in-one quote or this is your line item quote, and be able to communicate back and forth. What is the app, Craig? MRO Insider. That's good. I've seen it work on both sides, actually. It's super interesting, and I think it's it's going to really help us gather pricing and information instead of having to do one email to each person. If you have a location that has multiple FBOs, you can send it to all the FBOs and see what type of response you get back. It looks cool. Well, and and for us, I don't. I know we're going over. I'm sorry, but. You know, there are four cutter FBOs where we're independently owned and operated, but you know, Jess can make a quote for Albuquerque, but I can also set a fuel price at all of those other FBOs. When we create that relationship, then I can go back and say, hey, you know, Brad, I'm gonna go back to you because again, you and I just did this not too long ago. But you know, Brad and I talked and this is what we need, and here's what he's doing at your location, your location, your location. What can we do for him? And then it's it's an all-in-one deal, and then it's set and it's done. Awesome. Well, I think it's really obvious that we could continue talking on this, and I think probably we should go ahead and do another panel on this because there's a lot of information to be changed or exchanged back and forth. I do want to kind of cut us off here just so everybody can continue on their day. You know, time is is uh, hard to find in our regular work days. Um, thank you so much, Kat. Jesse, so much for coming and talking to us about that. And all the new faces, I love that. Um, please spread the word. We'll do this once a month. Our next meeting is Nancy or Lori, sorry. Do you happen to remember? It'll be up on the website. So it's ldaviation.net. Check it out. There's also a link to Jesse and Kat's LinkedIn pages. If you want to see more information about their backgrounds, just Look on the schedulers and dispatchers page of the website and you'll see their names. You'll also see links to the previous calls that we've had if you ever want to. Next meeting is April 28th, Lindsay. Perfect. Thank you. April 28th. So awesome. Thank you again very much. That's awesome. And feel free to reach out if you guys ever need anything. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great one.